Good morning, once again. Good to have each one of you with us. And uh, I was wanting to ask a question today. Who is the goat? Who's the greatest of all time? Uh, LeBron or Michael? Jordan or James? Which, which is it? See, we're divided, aren't we? We're, we're a divided nation. So, It's funny um, because we're a, a nation that loves to brag and loves to kind of show off. You know, uh, we have car shows, right? Uh, we have beauty pageants. We have social media so everybody gets a chance. Here's my new car. Here's my kids doing something awesome. I was careful not to show them five minutes before when they were holy terrors. <laughs> but right here, they're really good. I want to show that. Um, my tanned legs sticking out at the beach. Right, some of you pretending like you read a book at the beach. <laughs> it's funny that uh, Jesus addresses this issue. And that's what we're going to look at today. Because there was an argument about who could be the greatest, uh, which of us is better than another. And when the Lord comes into his kingdom, who's going to get to sit on his right side and who's going to get to sit on his left side? Turn to Mark chapter 13, and we're going to look at that passage. But while you're turning to that, I want to read to you, and we'll have it on the screens, Mark chapter 10, because it fits this context that I introduced to you just a couple minutes ago. Jesus says to the disciples, not so with you. Now, Jesus would do this because he would illustrate how you are not to be like the culture. And I just want to say to somebody today that that's kind of the goal, <laughs> okay, um, is not be like the culture, not have a marriage like the culture, not rear children like the culture, not have a mental state like the culture. It, it's to be different. And so Jesus illustrates this. He says, not so with you, when it's about this topic of the goat. He says, instead, whoever wants to become great among you, must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even, notice this, even the Son of Man, Jesus himself, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus says, Hey, you guys, and, and you can read it later, that they're arguing, Lord, uh, could you let me and my brother sit on each side of you when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus is like, you don't even know what you're asking. You, you don't even have a clue. And they said, oh, yeah, we, we think we do. And he said, do you really think you can handle it? Because it, it's not what you think it is. Because the way up is down. And in the kingdom of God, greatness is service, not status. Okay? It, it's service to others. And so as a result, I also want you to know today, I want to make a few statements that I hope stick with you. It's impossible to love Jesus without serving people. Okay, because to say I love Jesus means 
you're serving somebody. Because Jesus said when it comes down to the great commandment to, to really follow God, you've got to love God with everything and your neighbor as yourself. So it, it's hinged. He says the two go together. You can't come in here, raise your hands, praise God, jump up and down, get all excited and look spiritual and everything, and then go out and not serve anybody. That doesn't match up. Do you see that? It doesn't match up with what, because Jesus said, I didn't even do that. If anybody could have come down here and just been served, it would be me, the perfect Son of God, but he says, I didn't even do that. Because here's, here's Jesus' definition. To love is to serve. To love is to serve. So you were created to love. You were created to prove it and show it by service to others. And God has a way of putting people into your life on purpose for you to serve. God puts people in your life so that you can bless them, as we've been talking about for the last several weeks, so that we can bless somebody else. And in John chapter 13, there's a beautiful story of Jesus illustrating this for us just really in full living color. Anybody remember when they used to say that? In living color. Like there's dead color or something. I don't, I don't know what that was, but living color. Um, verse one. It was just before the Passover festival. And Jesus knew, I want you to notice that word, that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew, notice that again, that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. I want you to notice this term of to the end. The original language would mean to the uttermost, to the deepest level, to the extreme, without bounds. That, that when he loved them to the end, it wasn't just to the end of his life. It was until eternity ends. That, that there would be literally really no end to his love. So Jesus doesn't just state his love. He shows his love. And he does it in a personal and a powerful way by serving his fellow disciples. And here, here's where he does it. In verse four, let's read on in the story. So Jesus got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. I want to talk to you today about how to improve your serve. I think they're playing tennis in Melbourne right now. And uh, the serve is very important in tennis. You don't want to give up your serve. But I'm going to tell you something today the serve is very important in following Jesus. And some of us need to improve our serve, how well we serve others. The first thing maybe you need to write down is that in improving your serve, you need to know who you are. 
You need to know who you are. Because it's interesting in these verses, Jesus states that, or, or John states about Jesus, that he knew who he was. In, in verse 1 and in verse 3, I, I pointed out to you that Jesus knew the hour had come. He knew this. And, and Jesus knew something else. In verse 3, he knew the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. I want you to understand that you need to know who you are to be able to serve other people well. You need to understand your identity. How many know we're living in a culture that's got an identity crisis? People can't figure out who they are, what, you know, and, and, then, and then there's something else five minutes later and, you know, five days later they think there's something else. And, and, and Jesus knew who he was and so he could serve well. See, and he knew he was from God. I want you to know you're not too important to serve somebody else. You're not too big to serve somebody else. As a matter of fact, I think it takes big people to do small things. Small people won't do those things. It, it takes a big person that will say, you know, this isn't required of me. Nobody's even expecting me to do it. But I'm going to do it anyway because I want to serve somebody else. I want to help somebody else. And that attitude is something that every Christ, Christ follower needs. Now, if you're not a Christ follower, you get off on this, okay? You can be a selfish little clod, okay? <laughs> you, you can if you want to. Now, it's a recipe for misery, and depression, by the way. But as a Christ follower, you don't really have an option on this because Jesus illustrated it himself. And if we're gonna be like Jesus, then we have to do this. And here's what he says. He says, I was created for this, and I want somebody to know today, you were created on purpose for a purpose. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And, and you're created. You didn't just come along. You were created. You were designed by a divine designer. And, and so you're not just a creation of God. You are a child of God. And as a child of God, I want to give you three things that maybe you need to write down about your identity that will help you to do this serving in your community, in your neighborhood, uh, in your school, wherever you go. Three words that the Lord laid on my heart for today that I, I feel like he wanted me to share with you. The first word is ambassador. Say that with me. Ambassador. Did you know that you are an ambassador, let me prove it to you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, here's what Paul writes. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You are a representation of the kingdom of God. It's what an ambassador does, right? They go to a foreign country and they represent the United States there. And, and so people's opinion of the United States can be impacted by this person. Likewise, the scripture says, you are a representation of the kingdom of God. What people think of Jesus is much what they think of you. That you're an ambassador, you're a representative. And, and here's what you're doing as a representative. Would you be reconciled to God? Would you come to know God? Would you come to know him? Oh, you people at work on my shift, would you know him personally? You guys in my biology class, 
I'm here as an ambassador so that you can be reconciled to God. You're not just in there to get an A, although that'd be good. <laughs> Come on, parents, right? But, but you are there to help reconcile people to God. Here's the second word, is citizen. Citizen. There's a lot of talk about citizenship in the United States, but I want you to know if you're a born-again believer, you're a citizen of another country that is yet to be revealed in all of its glory and splendor. Let me prove it to you. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he says, you know, I, I'm, I'm a citizen here in, in the physical sense, but I'm really, my heart's not fully here because I'm a citizen of somewhere else. How many are anxious for that citizenship to get fully activated, right? And, and to be in the kingdom of God with Jesus himself, he says. And, and so especially, let, let me just say this real quick. This, isn't this an election year? Am I missing something? Okay, just testing you. Um, and it's going to get heated, right? It's going to ramp up. It always does. And, and so during this time, keep in mind, believer, you are more of a citizen of heaven than you are anywhere else. And you need to reflect that. You need to reflect that. Because this is what a citizen of heaven talks like, acts like, looks like, does in their everyday life. And here's the third word I want to give you today is intercessor intercessor. You serve, and that's a kind of a Christian word from the scripture, but it really is like connector, okay? You can get that. A connector. Let me give it to you from the scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Paul says, you serve as a connector. In our home, we had a hub in our bonus room up above our garage that was our computer hub for internet access in our house. And it was at the furthest end of the room and uh, we would notice at times buffering. You know, how many... About cursed right then, just when I said that, just buffering, you know, because you're watching something and all of a sudden, come on, come on, we got to know what's going on. And so uh, eventually what we did, we got these little uh, hubs and uh, made a net uh, in our house with three of those placed strategically in our home so that it relays the signal so that it's a stronger signal in other places of our house than what it used to be. And I want somebody to know that you are a signal from heaven. God has placed you where you are so that the signal of heaven is a little bit stronger there at Chrysler, at the bank, at the school, or wherever you are. The signal's a little bit stronger there because you just came in. God wants you to bring a strong signal, the presence of God, the power of God into that situation. You represent God's connector to others around you. And here's the next thing I see in this passage. If you're gonna serve people like Jesus, you gotta find a need and fill it. Find a need and fill it. You know, each day you got to get up and say, God, what is my assignment today? I am here on purpose for a purpose. 
It's not just to exist. It is to accomplish the will of God on this planet. And so help me to see the people in my life that I need to serve. There's somebody I need to be an ambassador to. There, there's somebody that I need to be a good citizen to. There's somebody that I need to be a connector, an intercessor to. I need to bring the presence of God into their life. And so God helped me to do that because Jesus, that's what he did. He looks around, it's dinner, and he says, there are dirty feet at this dinner. There are some stanky feet at this dinner. And in that culture, listen, you, you didn't do that. Because here's, here's what happened. In that culture, it's mostly hot and dry most of the year. And, and they didn't have things like today. And, and, and so most people wore sandals, if anything. And uh, they didn't have the same exhaust systems on their vehicles as we do today. Does anybody know where I'm going with this? Like, like they, they were animals that they rode and all. So besides dirt and dust and whatever, there was some of that in the streets and all. And uh, no matter how careful, no matter what, you're, you're liable to step in something. There's some stanky feet at this dinner. And Jesus looks around and he sees the need. Because commonplace and custom was somebody, usually a servant of the house, would wash people's feet, guests' feet, before they would recline at the dinner table. Because they didn't sit at chairs, they would recline and so the feet are just right there. You know how you hide your feet under the table? You, you know, hide your feet under this table. They're just out there. And you're staring and smelling the feet around you. And Jesus got up. He, he demonstrated his love. See, to have a life that matters you need to notice where God wants to show up. That's what we teach in Growth Track, by the way, which starts up again in February. If you haven't been to Growth Track, it, it, it's about, you know, how would God want to use my life? I'm here on purpose for a purpose. God's gifted me. He's equipped me. I'm not here just to take up space. I'm not here just to sit in a chair. I'm not here just to be here. I'm here to make a difference with my life. And at Growth Track, we talk about what might that be for you? What, what could that be that God has designed you for? Because Jesus says, you know what? I see a need and I'm gonna meet it. I, I see what needs to be done, so I'm gonna... Take off my outer cloak. In other words, somebody, maybe you got to put your phone down. You, you got to get control of your calendar. You, you've got to respond to the need that's there. Jesus took something off. He, he moved something out of the way. He got whatever was in the way out of the way so that he could serve wholeheartedly. And the Spirit of God today wants to identify something in you that you need to remove, that you need to take off, that's hindering you from being all God has called you to be. Maybe he's already speaking, and I pray that he is. Sometimes it's our pride, it's our arrogance, it's our self-importance, you know. But Jesus, he finds the need, and he says, I can fill it. And here he is, the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Jesus showed his love to the end because there is no end to his love. Now, why didn't any of the disciples get up? You know, 
Why isn't Peter popping up? John, I'm the loved one, you know, loved by Jesus, close to Jesus. Why didn't any of them do it? Probably, probably a little bit of pride there. You know, you go first. <laughs> okay. You, you do it, John. I ain't doing it. Especially Peter's feet. He's got corns and stuff. He's all the time stepping in that stuff, you know? I don't, mm, mm, no. But, but it should have been a servant's job, see? And, and they're too proud. But we can't love Jesus without serving people. So if you want to be great, you got to find the need and then fill it. Somebody maybe in your neighborhood needs help moving. And you could help with that. You could do something about that. Or you find out that the youth group needs an adult sponsor, leader to be involved in it. And you could do that because you were a teenager once. And so you find a need and you fill it. Or you find out that we could use life group leaders and you find out that you don't have to be experienced. You don't have to have all these qualifications. If you love Jesus with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you love people, you can be a great life group leader. We can help you do that. And you could be a nursery. If you found out, boy, they, they could use some help in that nursery. I'm going to go back there, and instead of washing feet, I'm going to wipe <laughs> butts for Jesus, right? Because some of you might be good butt wipers. I don't know. I'll just, <laughs> just leave it at that. Somebody... Somebody needs what you have. Okay, let me say it this way. Somebody needs what you have, and if you're not doing it, something God wants to do is not getting done. So here's what you do. You find a hurt as well. Let me say it this way. Find a hurt and heal it. See, you didn't go through that hurt just for you. That divorce, that death... That bankruptcy, that battle with sickness or illness, that, that heartache, that sorrow. You didn't go through that just for you and come out on the other side. You came out of it so that you could help lift somebody else out of it. See, that's how all the ministries of this church work. They work best when somebody who knows what it's like, come on, somebody, that knows what it's like to be in debt, teaches Financial Peace University, teaches divorce care, teaches grief share, because you've experienced it. We can't love Jesus without serving people. I love our church. I said I love our church. And uh, I love this life group fair today. And so if you're not in a life group, get in one. Because that's our way of taking care of you. Okay? Because our church is too large for just a few people to take care of everybody. And so what you've got to do is you've got to get in a group that's smaller so you can be known and so you can know others. And there'll be some weeks where it's, it is kind of about you. You come into the group and, and you need the prayer your way and the encouragement. But then here's what you'll find. There's other weeks is about somebody else for you to pray for them, for you to speak into their heart, for you to speak into their life. And you know what? That'll be the week you get more out of it than any other week. That's just how it works. When you give out, you get more back. And in the body of Christ, every body part matters. 
Every part has a role. You have a purpose to make a difference. Some of you, it's with your time, to give your time. Others of you, God's equipped you with the gift of giving, to be able to give financially and to to bless ministry. And, and, And then others of you, it's a special talent or gift that you can give that blesses others. But whatever it is, if you're not using it, It's not getting done. It's not getting done. And Jesus, think about it. If you need excuses, Jesus could have had a bunch of them. How many think he might have been busy? You know, um, three plus years to change the world. We give our presidents four years to just change a country. (laughs) Just change one country. In in four years. And Jesus, in less than that, in three years, changed the world so much, we're 2,000 years talking about him more than we ever have before. And and so he's busy. Or he, he could have said, these guys, do they not see what I see? Do they not smell what I smell? Do they not realize what's going on around here? Why is Peter laying there eating those grapes? Why is John sucking down that that wine and, and, and acting like nothing's going on here at the table? Why isn't somebody doing something? These guys are so entitled. Mm, I'm done. I'm put out with them. I'm not going to step in. If anybody ought to be serving, it ought to be them, not me. But his love had no end. And so he served anyway. And see, I'll tell you when you're getting mature is when you can do it anyway. Well, nobody patted me on the back. Nobody, you know, encouraged me. Nobody, I was out there serving my head off. I was out there sweat running down my face and everything, and nobody realized, mm, you're doing it for the wrong reason. You know you're, you're mature when you don't need any of that, when you know heaven is all you need. And that brings me to the next point. The rewarder sees the rewarder sees. See, that, that's actually how Jesus stayed on the cross, by the way, is because of the reward that was in front of him. He, he saw the reward even though it wasn't there at the time. And, and I need to just shoot it straight with you. Some of you serving the Lord in some way, whether it's inside the church or outside the church, it really doesn't matter. I just want to let you know you will be taken for granted. But serve anyway. Some people will expect you to serve. And it'll kind of want to feel a little funny. But serve anyway. Some will never fully appreciate what you do for them but serve anyway because you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for him. And that makes all the difference. And you know what? When you you think about it, didn't you have dirty feet? And who came along and washed your feet? See, this is an illustration of what Jesus does for everybody in this house today. If you came in this house and you got some stuff stuck on you, you've got some stuff from the past, you've got some stuff that people did in your life and whatever, and maybe you stepped in it, maybe somebody threw it on you, maybe somebody did whatever in your life. I want you to know that Jesus today washes, heals, cleanses, redeems, restores, renews, makes new. You're a new creation in him. And he specializes, by the way, in doing that. And because he did that for me, why 
shouldn't I do it for somebody else? So don't look for people to pay you back. Find the need and fill it. Because God has a way of replenishing you when you give out. Of moving in your life when you move toward others. When you serve, when you volunteer, maybe here, maybe in the community. All of a sudden, energy, joy, strength, peace, all kinds of blessings come into your life. A new energy that you never had before all of a sudden comes into your life as you give out toward others. You're being refueled by the power of the living God. And, and let me just say, if you're depressed, th- this helps. And it's free. I don't know how much your medication costs or whatever, or therapy or different things that, that maybe are in your life. But I'll, I'll tell you, I, not that this is the cure-all necessarily, but I'm telling you, it'll lift you when you lift somebody else. And if somebody knows what I'm talking about today, make some noise right now and thank God that you've experienced it yourself. One more thing. Marriages would be better if you did this. You know, if you got married, I, there's a line that I kind of want to put into, I haven't done it yet, but, but into a marriage ceremony and challenge the couple to outserve each other. Say, you know what, let's come back in a year and see if y'all have kind of lost count of how each other is trying to outserve the other one. Because it's a recipe for a good marriage, right? When, when each person is trying to serve. And by the way, it's in the Bible. In Ephesians, it talks about serving one another. It talks about husbands, serve your wife. Everybody knows that, that they're supposed to be the head and whatever. There's guys that don't even know the Bible, Okay that think, hmm, she's supposed to be under me. I think there's something in there about that, you know. And, and they kind of know that part. But what they don't know and don't remember is in Ephesians, it says, so you give yourself away just like Jesus did for you on the cross. In other words, you die every day to yourself, to your self-image, to your self-whatever, and you die to that every day, and you live for them. And what woman isn't attracted to that? Right? But, and then the ladies, to love your husbands, you know, as Christ loved the church as well. And it's this mutual love affair. Okay, enough on that. Let me move on. Let me move on. Um, there are people in our church that really get this. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just going to pick on somebody. I didn't tell her ahead of time I was going to do it. She probably wouldn't want me to. But uh, Darlene Campbell's a part of our church family. She's been in our church since the beginning. And um, she served anywhere needed, but especially with kids, yours, okay? That you're so happy you got a break right now and uh, you're in here while she's with yours. And uh, she has done that gladly for decades now. Decades. You know, don't you get burnt out? You know, isn't it time for somebody else to do that? But Darlene can't be pulled out of there hardly. And she doesn't just do that. She'll identify Who's a widow in this church? And let me go take them some soup this week. Let me go sit with them and encourage them. Let me go to the nursing home this week and spend some time. And she does this over and over and over again. 
And many of you, until I just mentioned her name, until I just told you some of the stuff that she unselfishly does, you would have no clue who she is. To me, that sounds a lot like Jesus. And you know, I I think, you know, in, in this, I appreciate it when people come to me and say, oh my gosh, that message like changed my life today. Just was incredible. God used you. You were the mouthpiece of God and whatever. And, uh, And I appreciate that. I want you to understand I appreciate that. But I also want you to know, I think I'm getting a lot of my rewards here. And there'll be those in heaven that were unknown here that didn't have a microphone strapped to their head. They weren't up in front of people with lights gleaming on them. But behind the scenes, they were just washing feet. They were loving God's people and demonstrating God's love to others. Jesus said it like this in Mark, or Matthew 10, 42. If you give a cup of cold water in my name. Think about that. That just seems so simple. Let me encourage the coffee ministry today. I think it includes hot water too, okay? You will be rewarded, Jesus says. And you know, I I think today God's wanting to help us to serve a little better as a church. Let me read the last part of this and then we're going to pray. Here's what the last part of this section says in verse 12 as we keep reading from John 13. After Jesus had washed the disciples' feet, had put on his robe, and had reclined again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? Now keep in mind, Jesus knew who he was. Now he's asking, do you know who you are? Do you you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for that is what I am. So if I, in other words, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set for you an example that you should also do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, slaves are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, now notice this, here's where the blessing comes to your life. You are blessed, not if you hear it today, but if you do it. Does everybody see that? Just being here and say, oh, I heard it. Oh, I heard it. Heard that message. No, you're not going to be blessed. There's no blessing for you from hearing it. Jesus is very clear. The blessing comes when you do it. And here's the last thing to write down is serve one another. Jesus teaches here mutual service. You know, first it's this person's turn, then it's your turn. You know, and you just, and again, that's a recipe for a great marriage. But I want you to know that's a recipe for a great friendship. You know, we're talking about serving somebody else and maybe it draws them closer to Jesus because we're serving them and we're an ambassador, we're a citizen, we're a connector to them. But also, it can work the other way. When you allow someone to serve you. Have you ever noticed that? Maybe a neighbor. I've had this experience. A neighbor comes over and says, hey, do you need some help with that? I hardly knew that neighbor. Until they came over and helped. And if I'd have said, oh, no, I got this, dude. Go back to your own house. You know, I got it. Or whatever. But instead, when you allow other people to serve you, they feel 
the same thing you feel when you serve other people. And it gives an opportunity. Maybe you've had a house project. Maybe you've had something before that that took some effort and maybe even got in over your head and somebody else came over and, and started helping and working and whatever. And all of a sudden, there's a connection. Do you know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden, there's this connection that goes on. And and you can make a better connection and deepen relationships when you serve others and when you allow them to serve you as well. But you can't control that other piece so much, you know, always. But you can control what you do. And I want to ask you today, Who are you serving? Who are you serving? Be on the lookout, like Jesus, of who who is around me. I could be a blessing to them. I could shine a light. Who looks a little down today? And maybe just one good word. Sometimes I've noticed just a smile. You ever notice that? It's hard when you're just showing about every tooth in your head for somebody not to smile back, isn't it? Right? It's hard. And sometimes that's all. Maybe there's somebody whose dream for their life is a little dimmer than what it was before. But you could come alongside that dream and lift it up for them. You could encourage them today. You could be a blessing into their life. And when you give them the blessing, you are being Jesus to that person. You're being Jesus to them. So be a blessing this week. Be Jesus to someone else. Let's pray. Father, We're astonished at how Jesus himself illustrated this for us. I know the disciples were shocked. But it proved how much you love us. And today, we just thank you that that love that's changed us can now change somebody else. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I, I want to be more alert. I am an ambassador. I am a citizen of heaven. I'm an intercessor. I'm a connector of the living God with people around me. I want to see myself better that way. And so this week and in the weeks to come, should Jesus tarry? I, I want to be better at this. I, I want to see the dirty feet, whatever it is around me. I want to see those who need the touch of Jesus. I, I want to see those that maybe I can encourage, that I can lift up. I want to be Jesus this week to somebody else. How many have join me in that prayer? Hands all over this room, just lifted high. Lord, help us today. Our culture needs kindness. Our culture needs love. And the way that it's going to come is through us, Lord. The only kind of love that can break what's going on in our culture and, and help the divide is the love of God. And so, Lord, help us to show that love. Help us to demonstrate your love towards someone else. Help us to be your ambassador this week. Help us to be a citizen of heaven this week. And God, help us to connect somebody to the power of the living God that is able to change their lives forever. Maybe you're here today And it's not somebody else. It's you that needs connecting. You need a divine connection. 
You, you need to be connected to the living God, the one that can wash you, cleanse you, the one that just a few moments ago we were praising and thanking today because of how he's changed our lives. You need him to change your life. And I want to pray with you in just a moment to help you get connected to the God who is alive and able to change your life today. And if you're here this morning and you say, oh, Craig, I need that in my life. I need God in my life. I want God in my life. I need him today. Would you just raise a hand all over this room? Just raise it up. Say, yeah, that's me. That's me. I need him, yes. And as you're doing that online, just type the word decided in the chat. The word decided. And we're going to be praying for you as well and believing God in your life. But I want everybody to pray this prayer after me. Come on, pray it so those who lifted a hand here in this room and those online even will pray it as well. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to wash our dirty souls, to make us like new. And I need to be made new. So I ask you to come into my life. Wash away my past. Free me of my guilt. Give me a relationship with you through the power of your spirit. As much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate those who prayed that prayer, made that decision today. Listen, you can take a next step from wherever you are. You can just text a word that's going to show up on the screen. And uh, you can take a next step for some of you that could be baptism. And the good news is if you're here in the room, you can just walk across the hall and say, hey, I know those people getting baptized. I want to get baptized. And listen to this. If you're here in this first service and you say, I want to do it in the second service, but I didn't bring any clothes, we got you covered, all right? So if you'll let us know that you want to get baptized in the second service, listen, we can make it happen. We can make it happen for you. And uh, if that doesn't work today, then the next time at least. So stand to your feet. Prayer partners, come forward. If you need prayer for any reason at all here before you leave today, please let these people pray with you, pray for you. And God wants to move in your life as that happens. Father, we thank you that we can bless our world. We can bless those around us. God, use us this week in a significant way. Holy Spirit, draw every person down for prayer that needs prayer, touch their life in a powerful way. And God, we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name.